0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Informed. This is a podcast series where you will hear industry experts share their thought-provoking insights and lessons in the field of medical communications. This series is brought to you by ISMAP and is generously sponsored by MedThink SciComm. The opinions shared today are our own and they do not necessarily represent those of our employers. My name is Dawn Loburn, I'm an independent consultant specializing in medical and patient engagement in medicine development, and I'm your guest host for today's episode. Today we will be discussing patients at scientific congresses and conferences. I'm delighted to be joined today by Simon Stones. Simon is an experienced patient advocate and senior medical writer working at Envision Pharma Group. Indeed, for those of you who attended ISMAP earlier this year, you'll know that Simon was awarded the Rising Star Award for his great work to date. I'm delighted to welcome you today, Simon.
1: Thank you, Don. Delighted to be here with you.
0: Okay, so before we really get into focusing on patients at congresses, can you just tell us a little bit about your journey to date and how you became interested in this topic?
1: So I was diagnosed with juvenile arthritis and inflammatory bowel disease as a child. So healthcare has been a constant part of my life and those experiences inspired me to learn about my conditions and also want to help others. At the same time that I went to university to study biomedical sciences, I was invited to join a clinical study group in the UK um, as the first young person representative. And this was really at a time when patient involvement in research was an emerging concept, let alone the involvement of young people. So I naturally, joining that group, struggled to understand why researchers were having these light bulb moments when you mentioned patient involvement. Because for me, I just assumed that research would be conducted in that way, with patients as partners at every step of the way. Say to say, I certainly felt like a small fish in a big pond, but I soon realised that amplifying the patient's voice in research was what I needed to do. And over the next few years, I quite literally threw myself into research and patient advocacy joining national and international groups, mostly in rheumatology. And one of these opportunities was uh, to work with a proactive and inclusive researcher, Professor Veronica Swallow, who invited me to join her research programme as a patient partner. And little did I know that two years later, I would be working with her as my supervisor for my PhD, which I conducted as a patient researcher. And the first international congress I attended was ULARS in 2015. So ULARS is the European Association for Rheumatology. And Veronica encouraged me to submit an abstract based on the research that we'd been doing, exploring mobile applications for young people with arthritis. I applied for a bursary and was successful. And I remember turning up at the Fiera di Roma in Italy in 2015 and was really taken aback by the scale of this congress. I was excited, but I was incredibly overwhelmed. But I soon realised that within ULA there was an incredible support network of patients, health professionals, and wider people who welcome me with open arms into their community. And while speaking at an industry conference a couple of years later in London, I was approached by Anne-Claire Wadsworth and I was asked to join the Envision, the patient panel, which in turn led to an invitation to speak at the European meeting of ISMAP in 2019 and 2020. And this introduction into the world of medcoms and publications inspired me to start my own career in medcoms as an associate medical writer with Envision Pharma Group in 2021. And I'm delighted to be able to progress to the role of senior medical writer today. Also this year, I've become a certified medical publication professional, joined ISMAP's patient engagement task force, and I was awarded the ISMAP uh, inaugural Rising Star Award as well.
0: Wow, quite, um, quite a lot of achievements in that uh, very long list. It sounds like it's been a very exciting time for you. Um, I actually remember you speaking at ISMAP a few years back, and honestly, it was so inspiring for me and others in the audience to really see how patients could get involved in our industry and were getting involved and to really hear about some of the um, work that you had been uh, doing to date. So, Obviously, today we're going to speak specifically around um, scientific conferences, and you've obviously had some experience of this. But what I'm interested in is just thinking about why patients like you would like to attend. So really giving our audience some insights into where the um, enthusiasm comes from to attend these conferences.
1: Oh, let's be honest, the vast majority of Congresses were established for and by doctors. And over the time, the audience expanded to allied health professionals, including nurses, occupational therapists, and so on, and no patients. And there's lots of the reasons why patients want to attend Congresses. Often there may be an opportunity to present research, like was the case for me, either from research that a patient organisation has done themselves, or indeed a collaborative project with different stakeholders. One of the key drivers for me and for many other patients is our passion for amplifying the patient voice in research. Attendance at congresses provides us with an opportunity to inform and educate healthcare professionals, as well as network with health professionals, fellow patient advocates, and the pharmaceutical industry. And... I think that I can speak for lots of patient advocates who attend these congresses to say that when you leave that congress, you leave with hope, inspiration and that increased motivation to do more and to amplify the patient
0: voice. Okay, that sounds great. And how do patient, patient experts like yourself hear about these conferences? How do you find out where the opportunities are?
1: It usually starts with word of mouth. It's certainly how I discovered these huge meetings and it's been how I've been encouraging other people, uh, particularly other patient advocates, to get involved. But there's also the relationships that patients have with patient organisations and the pharmaceutical industry and academic research centres. You know, there's lots of collaboration happening. I've certainly seen that increase over the years. So these are, you know, different ways which patients find out about congresses and and maybe are invited to attend or are actually proactive and feel empowered to ask, how can I get involved? And there's also increasing exposure on social media and online coverage. And I think we particularly saw that during the COVID-19 pandemic when congresses went virtual and then, you know, went to hybrid. Uh, in the years that followed, so it's really, uh, really has enabled more patients to hear about congresses and to actually have a say in in the conversation.
0: Great. So, when we think about um, patients being involved in conferences, let's get a bit more specific. What are the sort of different opportunities that are available for patients who want to engage with these conferences?
1: So individual patients can attend, but I think it's fair to say that the majority who attend are experienced patient advocates who may be independent in their own right or working with an advocacy organisation and are there to represent the organisation. And this difference is often reflected in the registration fees which congresses advertise. Patients who are attending are generally involved in healthcare and involved in shaping healthcare and have a lot to offer. And contrary to some of the myths which circulate, you know, we, we haven't just dragged a patient off the street and sat them in the middle of the conference hall. In the same way that we wouldn't do that with a third-year medical student, you know, they would be out of their depth and it's, and, you know, the principle is no different to patients. But that's not to say that less experienced patient advocates should be prevented from attending. After all, that is how we all learn. So for those newer to attending congresses, we need to make sure that the support is in place so that they feel informed, educated and empowered to get the most out of the experience. And speaking more broadly, there's a real wide spectrum of the roles for the patients at Congresses. Some people may be there simply to absorb information and to assess the current research landscape to feedback to their organisations. Some may be there to present abstract research. Some may be invited speakers. And then there may be some people there who are facilitating and moderating sessions. Um, And then all the way up to patients actually sitting at the table and providing strategic input into the Congress agenda. Now, I am a huge advocate of a combination of separate and collaborative sessions at Congresses. I believe that it should always be an integrated track. We should never just have patients on the sideline. They need to be embedded within the other or Congress. But having, you know, a track for patients, but embedded within the Congress with a mixture of individual sessions, which provides that collaborative community for patients, but also collaborative tracks with, for example, allied health professionals. Those opportunities offer wider exposure. More opportunities to learn, and also have the, generally have a bigger audience in the room. And there's a, there's an increasing number of international congresses to look uh, to for inspiration. I'm naturally biased, but the rheumatologist community have been leading the way. Firstly, with ULA, the European Alliance of Associations for Rheumatology, as well as PRESS, the Paediatric Rheumatology Society there in Europe, and more recently, the American College of Rheumatology ACR. And there are other ones outside of rheumatology, just not to show that I'm biased. Um, So EAU, the European Association of Urology, and ASCO, the American Society of Clinical Oncology, are just uh, an indication of some of those organisations which are expanding their reach. And there's also some national and regional uh, conferences as well. In the UK, we have had many involved conferences, which uh, sits under the umbrella of the National Institute for Health and Care Research, uh, where the whole focus of the conference is patient and public involvement and engagement. And I'm really, really excited to see that. We're also seeing online conferences, such as the recent uh, PXP, the For Patients, By Patients Congress, um, which is really flipping the narrative. You know, we're actually having patients drowning the agenda and HCPs are invited to attend.
0: Wow. I mean, it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity. You've presented some really nice examples of some conferences that are embracing this and doing it well. But my understanding is it's not always that easy and that straightforward. And there are actually... Some barriers that you come across to be getting patients involved in conferences. So I'm wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about some of the um, barriers that you're aware of.
1: I mean, fundamentally, we're trying to fit patients into a HCP model. First, we as patients have got to find a seat at the table. Then we need to shout loud enough, and then we actually need to be heard. And it doesn't always happen. And I've witnessed over the years how patients can be made to feel as though they are second-class citizens, which is not acceptable. And while with a small minority, I've also witnessed how uh, HCPs are often quite protective of um, their professional society. And while I understand the need to have that community um, of HCPs, just as we as patients have patient communities, in terms of international congresses, we, you know, we this cannot come at the cost of not involving patients, because when you invest in patients, it benefits everybody. And although I believe this is changing, it has been a case of who you know this is what you know, um, and it's why I've, I'm an unrelenting advocate for getting more patients involved in Congresses. Now, registration fees and expenses are another barrier. So Congresses should be offering bursaries to patient advocates, and a number of those examples I mentioned previously, including ULA, are offering bursaries, bursaries to patients to attend. And we really should be ensuring that they are not out of pocket for attending. So while this may be a trivial point for HCPs with institutional budgets who deal with all of the logistics it isn't the case for patients broadly particularly patients who are independent uh, who may not have disposable income to even book flights and accommodation in advance of the reimbursement so these are just you know very simple barriers which can be overcome very easily time and capacity can also be another challenge in the same way as the HCPs um, with competing priorities and commitments so being flexible is really really important as with most things, accessibility is another barrier, and I always say this as three points of accessibility, emotional, functional, and technical. And this includes on-site provision, but it also includes virtual provision. So during COVID-19, um, Congresses became virtual, and then you know since 2020, 2021, the, um, the hybrid model has taken over uh, as face-to-face meetings have been reintroduced. Now, this hybrid model has made Congresses much more accessible to a wider group of people, um, Although we are starting to see that tail off now, so I really do urge people who are listening to uh, have those conversations with organisers of conferences uh, to reconsider and look for hybrid opportunities to widen that reach. There's also regulatory restrictions as well. They can be a huge barrier um, and it also feeds into the them and us narrative. Uh, For example, patients are often unable to enter the exhibition areas where the pharmaceutical companies are. I feel like these arbitrary rules really don't reflect 21st century partnerships between the pharmaceutical industry and patients, many of whom collaborate and consult with industry partners who are in attendance at congresses. And for those patients who don't collaborate with industry, yeah, the best food and coffee is usually found in the exhibition areas. And it certainly beats the dishwater, which is outside, if there's any food or drink outside at all. So even just these little things can be real nitty-gritty uh, bugbears for patients who attend. And, and again, just feeds that them and us narrative which we want to move away from. And finally, where patients aren't involved in congresses, I believe it is in part due to few or no patients at all being embedded within the management of professional societies and organising committees. This can result in poor planning and it really is a failure to realise the the patient voice, which ultimately impacts the quality of the sessions that are delivered.
0: Wow, so quite a lot of barriers there. Obviously, some easier to overcome than others and I think you know it's worth our industry thinking about which of the barriers that we can help to um, overcome in the short term while also pushing for broader change in regulations etc to really help to bring patients in as equal stakeholders so just thinking about the future and what good would look like can you just give me some um, sense of what you'd like to see happen in the future and how you you think we can help to get there?
1: Well I'm a visionary so I'm going to start with a long-term goal and I want to see open, transparent, honest communication between the regulators Congress organisers and professional societies with patients, health professionals and the pharmaceutical industry all around the table to develop international guidance that works for everyone and is clear. And that does not prevent the helpful exchange of scientific information between all key stakeholders, which includes patient partners. Now, while that is a longer term goal, there are so many short term goals that can be realised. For example, for people working in medical communications, the possibilities are quite endless. There could be abstract plain language summaries. There could be podcasts summarising content at congresses, videos which exposes the reach of content delivered at these meetings, patient symposia, collaborative integrated tracks, and guidance documents and tailored support for patients who are attending these congresses. And then, of course, not forgetting the hybrid model, including video presentations and virtual speakers. Again, if we don't ask, we don't get. So I'm always really strongly suggesting to whether you're working in an agency, whether you're a sponsor, to have those conversations with organisers and to see what is a possibility. I also have a call to action for sponsors and congress secretariat, and that is to please engage in discussion. Review how you could do more to involve patients. And a great way to demonstrate your commitment to involving patients is by doing the self assessment to show that you meet the criteria for the patients included charter mark.
0: Brilliant. That all sounds like a fantastic future. Any final thoughts from you, Simon, before we wrap up?
1: In short, Congress is for all. I want to see patients included as experts at every level, including integrated, collaborative sessions and patient leaders embedded within the organisational structure of societies and organising committees.
0: Sounds amazing. I'm thoroughly um, inspired by your vision for the future, Simon, and hope that I can work with you and many others to try to realise some of that vision. Unfortunately for today, we've run out of time, but thank you so much for your time and for sharing your experiences and your advice. Thank you for all the contributions you've personally made in this field. It's been really incredible. And thanks to everyone for listening to Informed for medical communication professionals. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. You can inform your colleagues and rate our show highly if you've liked what you've heard today. Join ISMAP today to become a part of our community, to participate in our webinars, and to receive instant access to exclusive tools and resources. If you're interested, just go to ismpp.org where you can learn more I'm Dawn Lobbin, thanks for listening and goodbye